So here we go. Mayonnaise. It's a thick, creamy sauce. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I think I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I'm no longer on the black box this time. Uh, yeah, on the green is- headphones. <laughs> Mr. Dolan, as usual, this is going to be interesting. So this is our first one that we're doing uh, in separate locations, quarantined, right? Yes. Well, yeah. We'll see how we'll see how this goes. Cinco de Mayo is the beers of choice today. Cinco de Mayo, of course, coming up next week. And uh, the the idea was each one of us would choose a Cinco de Mayo, a Mexican themed beer. Maybe it's a Mexican lager or something like that. And then we would bring it and talk about it and kind of see where it goes. Cool. Who wants to go first? Well, I feel like you should go first. Ooh. You, you I, seem excited. I'm so excited. Brian, is, has, we've gone down this road here for however many episodes now. Mm-hmm. And in the very, very beginning, I was not a stout fan whatsoever. I disliked them very much. Uh, I, I was going to go with the safe route, uh, with yeah. an Avery beer that I, that I love. And I thought, no, I, I, I saw this. Belching Beaver. Oh, yeah. Chocolate peanut butter stout you know um i've never had that i don't think but they also make a mexican lager that i bought on accident once because i thought it was that stout so this will be interesting you said it's a mexican chocolate peanut butter stout yes it's called viva la beaver it's gonna have a little bit of uh pepper in there look at oh yeah oh it's so dark that looks good. Hopefully, that's a four pack. It is a four pack. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure you get one somehow. I may drop it on your porch one of these okay. afternoons. So, all right, I will. Uh, I'll go first here. So, Viva La Beaver, Mexican chocolate peanut. So, what's Mexican chocolate then? What is what is that? Is well, that it's a- usually just when they make it in a beer, at least, and I think probably in in a candy form as well. But it's just add some spice there'll be some like cayenne pepper or whatever kind of ancho chili peppers whatever you feel it in your throat yeah a little bit right back here yeah yeah Yeah, that's what you want Mm. that's the mexican chocolate when you at least in a stout Mm. lots of peanut butter so uh their their peanut butter milk stout has been one of my was one of my favorites over the winter like i don't buy a lot of stouts i bought probably three six packs of that and drank all of them nice no, that's and so this was a very easy choice as I was kind of perusing the beer aisle there at our local High V. This was an so easy one. Did we all get beer at High V? Maybe Dolan, where'd you score yours from? Uh, family fair, actually. Family okay. fairs close to my house, and not a lot of people go there. And during this pandemic, that's that's what I prefer. <laughs> that's what you're looking for, right? <laughs> Less people. I did hmm. notice. Are any of you wearing the mask when you go to the store? Like, do you, do you wear yes. that? Yes. Yep. We, uh, we made our own. We found a, a pattern online and sewed it together. And That's a good idea. I've just been using one of Oscar's old diapers that I colored brown. And then people <laughs> are just really staying away from me. <laughs> hey, there's actually, some... actually, I haven't been to the store. I went one time. But yeah, I have one. <laughs> That's pretty good. I've been to the store three times during all of this. So... Mm, yeah, I probably go with three, probably three times here on my end too. Yeah. I mean, I've left my house twice, twice in what six weeks now. Wow, are you wearing a bathrobe right now? I mean, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, right, it's a little so, chilly down here. Uh, I, I didn't do my normal. I, I did some normal research on this. Belching Beaver is located in San Diego. They have five different locations 
And since it's kind of weird right now, uh, they, well, more than kind of weird, uh, mm-hmm. they're all just open for uh, kind of like we've experienced here in Omaha for just pickups only. And yeah. so that's each one of them has modified there. But their food selection, it looks like they have some pretty amazing food choices there too. I mean, San Diego. So yeah. I would think you would get some pretty great food anyway. But their food choices look unbelievable. Uh, and I, I read, I pulled this up. Let me, let me get over to it. I pulled this up today just to, because I was, I was curious about how they started. And there wasn't a whole lot of information about how they started. But I did read this on their website. It says, Belching Beaver Brewery came from a desire to make great beer and have a damn good time doing it. Get a it? damn pun. I like that. Damn. I love puns. That's so. Yeah, that's a good one. Solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So Belching Beaver Mexican Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout. So are you getting a lot of the mm-hmm. chocolate? Lots Just of. Just peanut butter. So like it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup kind of. Okay. But more peanut butter. Mm. There's good chocolate flavor too. And it, the chocolate gets you at the end and then it gets you the, you get the mm. little chili flavor at the, you know, at the, at the end of it there. I like those because it, you don't really taste it spicy. It's just like afterwards it's a little spicy, you know, like, Oh, there was something in there. It just reminds you. Yeah. Yeah. Stone has one that they have something like that. And it's pretty good. Mm. I'm not sad by this choice. Now my Avery choice would have been a good one. I have some of it in my fridge right now. Uh, El Gozo was the other choice, but that's just a sour lager. I, sure. I guess the only thing Mexican about it was the, uh, what's the skull thing? What's that skull? The sugar skull? Yeah, on the can. Dia de los Muertos, the stuff? Yeah. I, I was uh, surprised to see you pull out a stout. That's for sure. I'm learning. I'm yeah. learning. Yeah. Um, Dolan, what do you, you got over there? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first. I'm, All right. I think I think yours is going to be a little bit more interesting. Well, I don't know about that, but I do I did research based oh, on mine only. Okay. I was I only knew what mine was, so uh, I have the normal shows uh, research done, and uh, I'll hold it up to the camera for you. Oh, Melvin, Melvin called Jesus, H E Y Z E U S, Jesus. It's there. Mexican style lager. It was the only one I could find in my local Hy-Vee, uh, so, which kind of surprised me because usually there's a few, uh, but not not this time around. This was yeah. So that's what I got. So I'm gonna crack it open here. I um, I, I hope Dolan went with craft too because I think that's that. I hope I hope I hope he didn't go with like soul or no. Or, I hope he has Corona. I bet he has Corona. <laughs> Nope. Too soon, but I bet you that's what he's doing. <laughs> I know his We'll his see, mind. we'll see, we'll see. So Melvin is uh, out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or if you're local, just Jackson, Wyoming, as they say. Right, Dolan, I think? Yep. Uh, it is kind of a popular spot. It's just recently gotten to Nebraska here. Um, it was a beer that people would go and get if you could. Uh, and if you see it, you usually buy some of theirs. They have really good IPA. That's usually what they're known for. Uh, this one uh, I have not had. Um, I did do a little research on them on the internet. And I guess they won Small Brew Pub and Brewer of the Year recently. Uh, great American Beer Festival stuff. So that's pretty cool. This beer is 5.0 on the ABV and is very light and crisp in color. Um, Smells like ex- I would expect it to. It smells like a Bud Light with some corn in it. So we're gonna <laughs> take a little taste and see what's what. Is it a? It is a. It's a light lager. It's a Mexican lager. Is that what it uh-huh. is? Uh huh. Yep. Yep. That's hmm. what we got going on here. Let's see if there's anything. Mm, that is weird. Yeah. They. <laughs> I'll just read it to you because it doesn't make sense to me. Resist, as in how can you resist the crisp and refreshing Mexican-style lager, specifically made for mortals? It's heaven on earth, a place where love comes first. It's like thunder and lightning. The way it drinks is frightening. That's a song, Rip. Uh, Say adios to beer geeks and opa to cerveza Greeks. Listen to the sound of Jesus' mariachi Zeppelin cover band, Martillo de los Dioses. They are breaking down walls and craft beer don't hate babamos <laughs> get all that 
don't hate let's drink that's right yeah. so yeah they mixed up because uh, it's got zeus on the can so they're talking about beer greeks and beer geeks and all that sort of stuff um so that's that's one of the things i did a little research on we did a little atlas a few weeks ago so this time i've got a little zeus for us Ooh. so should i bust into that now and then we can get dolan's beer or do you want to do your beer first dolan no 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 let's go ahead and let's do the research first and then all right we'll, we'll bust out what i we'll have. just hop around okay so everybody why knows about us, zeus. why do you want us to wait till the end so badly why why oh, boy. Must, must be a show killer no i've got a process and i did a little bit of research myself oh. so i want to there you go yeah yeah i like it all right all right here we go um he's the olympian god of the sky and thunder zeus right uh son of Kronos and rhea he was most famous uh, i guess this is what they said online um for his infidelity so he was a player mm. and he was also married to his sister slash wife hera now that used to be a thing that people did back in the day especially if you were a greek god um, you could definitely, and we're usually married to a spouse, uh, would be your sister, brother, cousin, something like that. So they had uh, all sorts of things going on uh, in ancient Greece. And they would, uh, they, they would procreate with their... Oh, well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, here are his legitimate children. These are the ones that I could find online that, you know, had a mom and a dad and he was married because he was married like seven times. Okay. Um, Hephaestus, Hebe, and Ares. Those are the legit kids. Ah, those are boring names. Here's the illegitimate children. This is the mm -hmm. part I like, right? Athena, I remember, I've heard of her. Mm -hmm. Apollo, Artemis, Hermes, Dionysus, and Hercules. Wow. So a lot better on the illegitimate side. I don't I, know. I, was Ares on the legitimate list? Was that Ares? Yeah, thing? but that's one. One out of three? Eh. I take mm -hmm. Ares over Hercules, though, I think. Nah, not me. Huh? Okay. Not me. All right. Um, Zeus is ancient Greek. They say kind of maybe for bright because of the sky. So it's like that's the meaning of the name. Uh, let's see. He's usually holding a scepter in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other. Um, there is, what's his name? The one-eyed guy. Um, you know who I'm talking about? Oedipus? Maybe. I don't know. He's... Some famous cyclops makes his oh, lightning bolts. Yeah. And that's how uh, Zeus gets them. They're like weapons he uses, but gets them from some one-eyed dude. Um, he, oh boy, he has a giant eagle as a pet named Atos Dios. Yeah. Didn't know that. Why wouldn't you have a, I mean, why giant wouldn't you eagle. have a giant eagle? I mean, yeah. they're, the, they're the gods of the animal world in the sky, and that's where he's at. So, um, he's also known as the ruler of the heavens and the governor of the weather. He's basically in charge of what's going on there. He's, he's, uh, the God of wisdom and awareness. And this is a good story. I think this is, um, I can maybe relate to it a little bit. Um, just being trapped at home with my child lately. Um, Kronos dad here, Zeus's dad, um, f had heard a rumor, you know, going around town. Hey, one of your kids is going to try to take over for you they're gonna try to you know take your power and uh just they want to rule stuff we that's what we're hearing so chronos does what anyone does and he swallows his children whole eats them all mm. except chronos's wife Rhea. um she says well i better save one kid so she takes off zeus's little diaper and puts it on a rock and chronos apparently is blind or i don't know just hungry and eats the rock and thinks he ate Zeus. Well, guess what? Zeus rises up and takes over. So good for him. Uh, but then it's a little bit weird is that, you know, history repeats itself. Guess what? When Zeus is the king, he hears the same thing. So he tries to do the same thing and he does. He eats them all up. But then somebody tricks him and uh, basically makes him puke. He, they, they give him something and he throws up all his kids. The kids are, um, from what I understand, fully grown and fully armored. And there's a big battle. Uh, so that's, that's going on with Zeus. I thought that was interesting. Some kind of weird, like, uh, Greek Ipecac that they, yeah. they gave yep. to him. He yacked them all He's back like, up. Eh? Oh, there's... 
there's Hercules, Dionysus, you know, as you do. Um, so basically mom and dad, Kronos and Rhea are fighting. They can't get along now because of the, you know, the murder of the children. Uh, so Zeus has to be raised by some nymphs, which sounds cool. Um, and then his first wife was named Matisse, M-E-T-I-S. She was known for wisdom. And that's probably where he should have stopped. Uh, but he did not. And was a philanderer about town. You know, he was a rolling stone, if you will. And uh, just liked to party, sounds like. So, he, I don't know. He'd been a good dude to be a friend with, but not, you know, you didn't want to be married to this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. He, he has brothers. Um, Kronos was then tricked also, and he threw up some other folks too. This happens, I guess, a couple times. They'd been in there a long time, but one of them was Poseidon. And the other one was Hades. And then when they were thrown up, they just said, okay, let's draw some straws here and see who gets to run what. So Zeus gets the heavens, Hades gets the underworld, and Poseidon gets the ocean. So that's how that, that's divvied out, and that's why. Uh, let's see. He ate his first wife, as you do. There wasn't a divorce back then. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, oh, that's right. He, the kid, when I was, um, one of his daughters that he ate, instead of throwing it up, they just came out of his forehead. They just sprung out of a hole in his brain. And that one, that one was Athena, the goddess of wisdom. So she came out of his brain and she was smart and his mom was smart and they were all smart and that's how it worked, I guess. It didn't like kill him to have that? Like I guess not. Probably just hurt a little. Um, <laughs> he was married seven times. Uh, I wrote this in my notes, hashtag me too, um, because a lot of the ways he would have these illegitimate children uh, were pretty sketch. Um, three different times, he turned himself into an animal and then did the nasty. And uh, With the girl? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, one time was um, a cuckoo, a bird. Uh, another time was a beautiful swan. And I think that one might've been with his mom. Uh, the research was a little unclear. Yeah, he did that. Um, <laughs> and at one time, this one was really bad. And this is where I was like, I probably should just stop. And this is an adults, you know, exclusive uh, podcast. Uh, one time he seduced a woman by disguising himself as a golden shower. Oh, now I think that means something different now than it did back then. <laughs> I hope. But after, you know, congressing with a swan, maybe it's the same thing. I'm not sure. Um, so that's what I think of when I'm drinking this beer. Because uh, there's a beautiful golden color in here. And that's what I'm going to leave my Zeus research for you. Okay. That's what I got. Well, I'm going to go and throw up my children. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need a shower. And not a regular one. Not the, not, not not the golden variety. No. Yuck. I, I, I haven't been locked up that long. So not oh, only did he, not only did he with his yep. sister, but he yeah. did with his mom. Yeah. And as animals. As he an wasn't animal. Even, wasn't even a dude. One time it was a snake. I, I told you, he was a tricky dude. Do snakes have. Yeah, I think thingy? so. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Uh, I have a story for that, but that's off air. Okay. It's, that's an off-air story. I don't you're, want that another greatest hits episode. You just brought up golden showers, so I'm not exactly sure. No, this is there. way worse. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ah. So that's that's what I got. That's my beer, Jesus Mexican style lager out of uh, Wyoming. Dolan, just bookmark this now. This is Best of Brian oh, episode gosh. two, like next year, right? When we do Best of Brian next year. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, hey, that was just the research. That's not me. I'm not making this up. I wish I was. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. I guess I guess uh, I'll break open my beer. No, uh -oh. here we go. Um, Brian. Brian, you you must know me pretty well. Yeah. You must know me pretty well. I do. Because I did. I did oh go with God. Corona. <laughs> hey, I went with Corona. I. Yeah. I realized after I bought the beer that mm -hmm. last year I went back and checked the Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Um, we didn't do it, did year. we? No, we did. Oh, okay. So Corona was a part of that. And actually you went into the history of Corona and 
how yeah. that became the the Mexican beer and right so on and so forth. So that um, that uh, killed my idea of going into the history of it and, Ooh, and sorry about that. Whatever, trying to be you know whatever. So I had to I had to get a little creative, and so I started thinking about my personal experiences with Corona. Maybe something I could tell. It was the uh, first beer I ever beer bonged in college. Oh. Um, which for so, Dolan was like two years ago. I was going to say, I can still remember <laughs> that, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was kind of the beer that, that my friends would drink. I don't know why it was the go-to, um, but I actually got my wisdom teeth out um, okay. and I still drink Corona with <laughs> open sores in my mouth, even though they tell you not to. Right where the coronavirus came from. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so that's also a good time uh, tie-in, the corona time. Oh, boy. Uh, thing. So then I got to thinking, no, I can't tell all my personal experiences. Right, yeah, you didn't just do that. Right. No, no, I can't, I can't do all of that. Um, so I looked up, okay, what's corona made of? Because it's got to be like the basic of the basic ingredients, right? So it's barley, malt, hops, yeast, and corn. So then I got to thinking, corn. Mexico, corn, mm. Cinco de Mayo, elotes. Elotes. Oh, elotes, right. Nice. Right? Okay. So elote, for those of you who don't know, is a Mexican street corn that they usually put uh, toppings on, mayonnaise, lime, chili powder, thyme. Well, so wait. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. You can use butter if you don't like mayonnaise. I know you have a weird thing with the eggs and... <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Mayonnaise. 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 It's not as weird as Brian's, like, dislike, like, distaste for mustard. Literal distaste, but also mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is weird, though. Like, it's... I, please continue, but that's weird. Mayonnaise on corn. No, no. I mean, it's good. Trust me. It's good. And if you don't like mayonnaise, just use butter and it's all the same, right? They do. They do both. You get a choice. Um, so yeah, so corn, Mexico, uh, most Cinco de Mayo celebrations have a uh, elote march or like a street elote street festival. It's, um, is, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the Cinco de Mayo's, they're like, they're like week long, aren't they? They're like three or four days. I think some of them go, yeah, kind of like St. Patrick's Day where it's spread out of, over a weekend or something like that, yeah. Right, and uh, usually it's always, you know, the second or third day that they do the Elote Street Corn Festival. Mm. They walk around with their Elotes and Coronas and so on and so forth. So I did some research and kind of see where corn was from and how Mexico decided that that was a thing. Cause if you think like they use it for the tortillas, it's basically a vehicle to put the food that you like in your mouth. Right. Nice. An edible <laughs> device. I like it. Right. So, um, it started actually in 6,600 BCE where it was. Yeah. Where That's it was a long time ago, a long time ago domesticated in Honduras and then it went from Peru to Mexico and basically just took over Mexico it was like this is now our food for everything like they used it for everything it's it's um kind of like how you know American Indians the buffalo is their everything well corn is corn is their everything right use it for everything um so the term maize came from actually when Columbus sailed over, landed in the Caribbean, found corn, shared corn with the Europeans. Um, and, you know, brief history shows that because of that, it came to America. Um, shared, but, stolen, whatever you want to with old Chris Columbus, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stolen, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and elote came from basically that, like, how do I make this corn better? Uh, so they started 
doing everything with the ingredients that they had to to try to make it better. Um, same with the birth of, of tortillas and stuff. So uh, the traditional elote is, like I said, they usually boil the corn or they roast it. Um, then they put the lime juice. It's, it's very important to put the lime juice first. Uh, otherwise, your other ingredients um, will get washed off when you put the lime on the first time or on last. Um, and then it's either butter or mayonnaise traditionally. There you go. There's a good yeah. picture of it. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Okay. Butter or mayonnaise. And then you want to do chili powder, um, thyme, uh, and basil. So they are bay leaves, I should say, not basil. Bay leaves and thyme. Um, and then uh, some queso fresca, some ranchero cheese, like the crumble cheese. Um, where do yeah. you get that? Dolan, where do you get that, by the way? I, I was so for the guacamole thing mm -hmm. that we're doing for uh, Cinco de Mayo yeah. for Apple Seeds. I could not, that was actually included on, I cannot find that. Oh, it's, uh, it's just called Ranchero Cheese. It's in the cheese section at like any grocery store. You can get a high V, you can get it at Family Fair, you can get it at Walmart. Um, okay. Yeah, I actually grew up eating it a lot on flautas and stuff like that. Um, so I actually. I'm going to show the, uh, the cheat, cheat way to do it, the cheat way to do it. Okay. Um, and that includes, instead of your ear of corn, can of corn, oh. right? So I'm going to make some elote just to, uh, just to show you, show you what it is. So you get your can of corn. And this is how I ate it as a kid. My mom would do it this way just because it was easier than throwing corn on the grill or boiling corn forever, right? So you got your can of corn, got your lime. So you want to put the lime. Same thing. If you put the lime on last, it washes the mayonnaise off to the bottom. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you know what not to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets like clunky and, you know. Wait, you're making this in the can? In the can, ah, in the can. Okay. Yes. Cook the, is the corn warm? The corn is not warm. You can warm it up and put it back in the can. Yeah. But I'm just showing you how. All right. How to do I it. I trust uh, you, man. I don't know if I'd do it, but right? I trust you. So then you get your thing of mayonnaise. God, that's a big dollop. Just, just, a, just a tablespoon. <laughs> oh, man. That's a big table. I'm Eat. loving your, uh, your reaction, Rich. Very yeah, appetizing. Can you tell I'm getting nervous here? I'm getting nervous for you. You are getting nervous. Um, and then you got your chili powder. Um, you can cheat and you can do uh, hot sauce if you're really into that. You do about a tablespoon or two of that. Mix that in. Then you get your thyme. Not to be confused with Morris Day. That's right. Right. Music joke. See how I worked that in there? Music. <laughs> I was going to go can of corn baseball term, but that's a, it's a you kind of got to like baseball to understand what the can of corn reference is. Got to pick your battles. Exactly. And then here's a little secret that my mom did that uh, I have not seen on traditional elote, but it's just garlic powder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powder, Makes not salt. Powder, not salt. You don't, you don't want it too salty, right? You want I mean, a little salt in there, wouldn't you? You can. There's already a ton of salt in this in mm. the can. Yeah, I guess you're right. What three hundred and thirty or three hundred milligrams? You drain that off, right? Yeah, you drain it off first. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, get that all mixed. I'm gonna put a little bit more chili powder. Ooh, a spicy boy. Mm. Spicy boy. We know Dolan likes the heat. We do know. I know. Uh, you could go cayenne, can you? That's what I've seen sometimes. You could do cayenne pepper. You can do, like I said, hot sauce. I don't really do the hot sauce because it gets like wet. <laughs> yeah. Then it's on um, your hand. Right. And then crumble cheese, ranchero cheese. 
Um, you just do about a tablespoon and a half of that, tablespoon, whatever. Mix that all in. Getting it all mixed up here. I, I gotta tell you, I'm not, this is almost like we're gonna need the, the, uh, the recipe. This is the first time we've ever crossed over and like had a recipe too. Yeah, that's true. Right? So uh, oh. now it's all done and oh. There Does it go. taste like what you would have gotten like from the street corn people? 100%. Oh. 100%. It's just not scalding hot. You know. That's probably where I would I would need it to be warm. You could warm it up. Yeah. 100% you could warm it up. This is basically been in my cabinet so room room temperature mm. you know so yeah. something something similar uh that i picked up uh from a few years ago went with my wife to a barbecue a uh, couple of the people that she works with um and she is a doctor and most of the folks that she worked with back then especially were um from india and we had a barbecue at their house and we cooked corn on the grill and very similar, almost half the ingredients, what you showed there, Dolan, but it was lime juice first and then cayenne and then a little bit of salt. And that's how they did their corn. And it was amazing. And that's mm -hmm. how I do mine now. So I don't, I'm not a butter guy on corn anymore. I'm just for the most part, lime juice, cayenne, and a little salt. And man, is that good, but it's, it gets hot. I like to add a lot of cayenne. So by the time you're done, you're like dripping, sweating, and uh, it's delicious. It's perfect because once you're done with the lime, in the oh, Corona. right in the beer. <laughs> Waste not, want not. Very nice. Exactly. But yeah, so that's my my little research. I thought it would be fun to just talk about, you know, the corn in Mexico, why it's such a huge deal, and how it came to America or how it was stolen and came to America. Mm. <laughs> and, Meet depends. It depends on what story you want to read, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of corn, which is something I like to say quite often, um, I have a little research about corn and beer in Mexico, and then I want to just hit a few um, craft breweries that make a Mexican lager. We can talk about maybe a couple of those. Cool. Um, basically, as we have talked about before on the show, um, a lot of um, Mid-Eastern European folks moved to Mexico, um, brought their brewing techniques with them. They were making Vienna lagers uh, there because that's what was popular back home. Uh, in 1880s in Mexico, there was a brewer and his name was Santiago Graf, which is a definitely a European last name and a Mexican first name, right? So Santiago Graf um, was bringing over hops and malt from Europe to make beer there where he was at. Uh, but this time he decided he was going to add a little corn because he had that handy because it's in, as Nolan just told us, it was everywhere and everything to most of the folks. So he adds it to the brew and voila, it's great. Um, adds a little sweetness. And that's basically what a Mexican lager is going to be uh, versus a normal traditional lager of uh, a European style. Uh, it adds that corn. It has a little sweetness. Um, the ABV is usually around the same, around four seven to like maybe five five is kind of the general range, but pretty low ABV. Um, they're usually malt forward, uh, a little bitterness, not much, uh, and then you will get some sweetness from this. So um, either on the nose, like when you sniff it when you first drink it, um, or whatever. But these became kind of a popular style of beer uh, with craft breweries for a while. It was kind of like a trend. Um, I'd say maybe five years ago, there was a big run on these, but they've been around for a while. Um, the first one that I could find that they had been making a long time was from Ska out of Durango. Um, they, they have one just called Mexican Lager. It's spelled L-O-G-G-E-R. There's another pun and it has mm -hmm. a chainsaw on the can. So Lager. that was the first one I could find. Um, Oscar Blues makes one called a burrito. Mm -hmm. It's a burrito. It's a burrito. Um, Anchor Brewing out of San Francisco, we've talked about them before. They have one that's just called Los Gigantes, a Mexican lager. 
So it's a tie-in to the baseball team, which I always love. Um, Alesmith has one that's really cool. I have a can of this in my collection um, because it is called Sublime Mexican Lager. And it came out last year, I think. It was for the 25th anniversary of 40 Ounce to Freedom, the Sublime album. So they did like a tribute to them. And the Sublime Sun is the logo on the beer. So I have that in my can and bottle collection of music-related beer stuff. Uh, and then the other one I, I thought was kind of fun, Boulevard, a couple years ago. Every year for Boulevard, at least the last few, they've been like teaming up with a Kansas City Royal baseball player and making them a beer. Uh, so last year was for Wit Merrifield, and it was like a wheat beer. Um, it was a Wit beer, based technically. Uh, the year before that, it was Salvi, and it was called Vamos, and it was a Mexican lager that they made, and then they sold at the stadium. So that was one that I've definitely had. Uh, was there – so in, in, my, in my collection, of, I have like beer, like baseball-related beer. Mm-hmm. Did they can that at all, or was it just sold at It the was stadium? in bottles. They had six okay. packs of bottles. Okay. So that's what I have for, for um, just a little bit of corn stuff and what's different about it. Just a refresher, because we really went into this on last year's episode, but just wanted to uh, let people know, especially if you're picking up crowlers at like your local brewery or something like that, your little mom and pop shop, um, you might see some of these floating around right now. This is the big time for them to, to pop out, usually spring and summertime, and then they kind of go away. So almost a seasonal doesn't take seasonal ingredients, but it's more of a seasonal taste. I always had a, maybe a, a, uh, I want to, I don't want to say negative connotation before I started like really down this beer road, but more than maybe a Mexican lager would have some spice to it or whatever. Like there was something Mm -hmm. there and it really isn't like, it's a light, it's it's a very light, refreshing lager. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was, I mean, one of the things you think about Mexico, at least for me is hot sun you know, so they're definitely refreshing beers uh, and they're light ABV wise. Um, they do make something and I thought about doing one of these, but I, I would not like it. I have never had one before and I know I wouldn't like it, but they make a, a basically a beer called a chalada. Uh, and we talked about those before, but it's got like clam juice in it, tomato juice in it. It's like a Bloody Mary beer, uh, mm. but some of them have like a lot of citrus fruits in them. And I think someday we should definitely do one just to try it and see if we all like yeah. it or not. All right. I, not one with clam juice. I, no, no clam. The, at the barbecues that we would have at my house growing up, uh, that's all we had was, was Corona and chiladas all over my house. Mm-hmm. Everybody would drink them. My stepdad, all of his friends and brothers and cousins. and Yeah. Yeah. It's no I, – I snuck a chalada one time. Gross. And Gross. That was it, huh? Yeah. That was it. I don't even think I've ever retried it as an adult. So. Scarred you. Yeah. Yep. Just what I've read Man. on the can, I'm like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Clam juice. There's yeah. clam juice. Yeah. Well, it's, juice. you could buy it. Um, it's called Clamato. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of different uses that you can. Bud Light makes that with Clamato. Like that's yeah. their yeah. Um, That's how they would make it at my house too is the clamato and the beer gross but clamato is actually really good for like um what is it called the ceviche shrimp oh yeah yeah you put that in there and it gives it kind of the base and super good so one of the other things i was gonna do rich likes to do sometimes is when he does research he always likes to pull a quote so I have this quote from, from the guy from Ska because they were like the first one canning this stuff. And he said, sometimes even though we trash the light loggers of the world, we just crave that. So you don't want to be caught by your friends walking out with the Coors Light six pack. So uh, maybe a Mexican loggers craft version, of course, is the way to go. I can tell you that is 100% true. Like, so it, it's been slightly warmer here. So we've, we've taken advantage of the warm outside weather. And I may have enjoyed a bush light and or a Bud Light Lime mm. because you just kind of want that something lighter and refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, the weather affects what your beer taste is going to be for sure. That's why most people drink stouts um, in the wintertime only. And those people are rookies. <laughs> so I'm not a rookie anymore? Is no, that- <laughs> you, you're graduating up to kindergarten, my man. Good job. So I have one more piece of uh, 
research. And I was shocked that this already came up today, but I'm, I'm going to expound on it quite a bit. And I thought, what would my grandpa think of Cinco de Mayo? Farmer, German immigrant dude. How would he even say it? Well, he would say Cinco de Mayo. Mm. I thought, well, I hate mayonnaise. Let's do it. Let's learn about mayo. Ugh. That's what we're going to do, Rich. Oh, this is, this is horrible. Oh, there's craft oh, right there. Real mayo. Guess what? Real my research, mayo. I can tell you that's the number two selling mayonnaise in the United States and maybe the whole world. Wow. Right What's the number one? Hellman's. Um, Hellman's number mm-hmm. one. Okay. All right. So here we go. Mayonnaise. It's a thick, creamy sauce or dressing made of oil, egg yolks, lemon juice, sometimes lime juice, but mostly lemon juice, and vinegar. And I think that's, that's probably where I get off the rails there and just the white color. I don't, I'm not a fan of white sauces, foods in general. The, uh, so, uncooked, the uncooked egg doesn't get you off rails? I mean, that uh, No, I mean... Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, the I, yolk. You don't necessarily no need to cook the yolk, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you don't need to. But here's here's the thing. If it's a straight up mayonnaise, it'll have the eggs, like Dolan mentions. If it's a salad dressing, it will not have eggs added to it. So that's the difference. Um, if you're making it at home, which some people do, um, it'll last about five days, they say. Uh, and if you buy it in the store. Uh, six months is kind of the shelf time on your mayonnaise. Um, I despise mayonnaise. Uh, there's a burger. Oh, what's that place called? It's over here by my house. Hardee's. They have a Frisco burger. And every once in a while I like that. And it's got mayonnaise on it. And one time they didn't take the mayonnaise off. And I tried to wipe it off and I couldn't. And that was it. And that was just like six bucks in the trash. So bummer. Um, okay. So what's worse, mayonnaise or mustard? Um, boy, wow. that's tough, man. Wow, okay. Mayonnaise is gross, and it's a visual thing. Mustard, I can look at it. Uh, I don't want to smell it. I don't want to taste it or touch it. Um, I would probably rather eat mustard than mayonnaise. What? Wow. Yeah. Ugh, nasty. Wow. wow. Uh, and it, it's an emulsion. You know what that is? Let's do a little science talk. It's a mixture of two liquids that normally wouldn't be together. So like oil and water. So that's what this process is. Um, Like Dolan said, the eggs are uncooked. You're using egg yolks. So that's kind of the issue with some people. And sometimes people maybe have gotten a little sick from that. Maybe it's been out at the picnic for too long and was hot out that day and took a big old spoonful of mayonnaise and then didn't end well. Uh, let's see what else. Oh yeah. Here we go. The history of it. where did it come from? How old is mayonnaise? I mean, not old, old, but like where, how long has it been around? Um, from what I could find 1756, it was invented and it was basically a celebration food. So there's this battle and it takes place in Spain in the city of Mahon, M-A-H-O-N. And there was French battling Spanish folks. It was on an island. And the French guys won. And they were from D-U-C-D-E, Duc-de-Richelieu. That's the place they're from. They win. They take the town or whatever they're trying to do. And they get back to the castle uh, as you are hungry, you know, after a battle, day of battling. And uh, the chef's like, ooh, my, my chance to shine. Makes a big meal. Wants to have a nice sauce, a dipping sauce. Uh-oh, no cream in the castle. What are we going to do? Well, he uses the old vegetable oil instead and voila mayonnaise is born now everybody loves it they can't get enough of it they've never seen anything like this before and that's where it starts and it gets its name because of the town mayon so that's a a french celebration creation if they wouldn't have won the battle we unfortunately we wouldn't have mayonnaise and that's i mean i would have been okay with that well what do they say is the best cuisine in the world um I don't know. Did you just eat it out of a can? <laughs> French cuisine. <laughs> oh, that's right. French that's, cuisine. That's true. It is the base of a lot of sauces and French things. It's kind of like uh, Cajun food has the bases of like bell peppers, tomatoes, and onions, the trinity, mm. so to speak. Uh, that's one of the French things for all their 
bases and sauces and stuff is mayonnaise. So that's where that comes from. It's also the base for tartar sauce, which I think is disgusting. Um, Thousand Island dressing, gross. Don't touch me. I don't want to see that. Big Macs, that's a no-go for me. Uh, and then aioli. So Dolan just made an aioli, kind of, because he added garlic to his mayonnaise. And that is an aioli. So that's, that's what you might see. I don't know, Rich, are you a fancy restaurant goer? I see you being that way. I enjoy I enjoy a fancy meal from time yeah. to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might see an aioli on your plate. Mm. I always wondered what that was. I, I enjoyed them. I didn't, mm. didn't mind them necessarily. There you go. Now that I know they're mayonnaise based, I will ask for no aioli. That's right. Send it back. What? Uh, nice. So, so you don't like mayonnaise enough to not like it in something mixed. Here's the thing. Like, I disagree with Brian on the tartar sauce thing. I believe tartar sauce has its place. Uh, it, in the it, trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. I, I, will, I will eat mayonnaise sometimes. Sometimes. It, mm. it, just, it just, the whole thought of the raw eggs just weirds me out. I, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's salmonella is an issue. Um, so I did a little bit of research on the two um, brands of mayonnaise that I think about, I guess, or I've heard of. Um, we talked about number one already was Hellman's. It has a little blue um, ribbon on it, and that's because it was um, the best, right? So it was created in 1903. Uh, this guy named Richard Hellman uh, opens up a deli in New York City, and his wife is there helping him, of course, and she comes up with this uh, her recipe of mayonnaise, and it's so good, everybody wants to buy it from the deli, like, to go. Well, they don't have anything to, like, package it with or make market it or anything like that. People just want it. So, apparently, what they used to do uh, is if you went to the store and you asked for butter, they'd put it on this, like, a wooden, almost like a, what you'd see, like, a corn cob holder. Like, you put it in to get butter on your corn, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. a boat, basically. Um, they had those made out of wood, and that's how you would get, you'd get your butter like from the dairy or whatever. So that's how they sold it at first was on a slab of that. And then that didn't work enough. So they started jarring it, canning it and that sort of thing. Uh, For a while they made two different kinds. um, But the one that was the best is the one now that's since been, I guess the thirties has been the only recipe. So for 20 years, there was two different kinds. And now ever since then, so over a hundred years now, this has been going on. Um, then there was one um, that I've heard of um, Southern people talk about, and it's called Dukes. I've seen a commercial for it. Uh, it's the number three seller uh, in the United States. It also is a big seller in places like New Zealand, Australia. And then this one was interesting, and maybe this ties into the corn stuff, Dolan. Um, the third biggest market for mayonnaise is like in, I want to say it was like Peru or something uh- like that. Yeah, that would make sense. That's where they say Honduras and Peru is where. Yeah. Oh, it's Chile. That's where Chile. it was. Chile. So Chile has the third biggest market for mayonnaise in the entire world, uh, which I thought was interesting. But it's a big country, too. Um, the person that made Dukes, uh, her name was Eugenia Duke, and she created her recipe in 1917. So a few years after the New York City Hellman's recipe. Um, but hers has extra egg yolks, Rich, so you'd probably really like that one. Uh-huh. Um, gives it its tangy flavor. And that one is, yeah, still around, still big. Uh, but if you're from the South, that's probably your mayonnaise. That's the one you would see and get restaurants and all that sort of thing. Northerners stuck with Hellman's. That's what I know about mayo. The extra tang is food poisoning. Yeah. It's the mm. diarrhea coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering then if that's how mayonnaise was put on elote when they all came over to South America and they saw the indigenous tribes of of Southern Mexico and Peru and Honduras making elote, they decided to put mayo on it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, there's the battle in Spain and it's named after the Spanish town, right? So that's 1750s. Mm-hmm. So if there's more people coming from Spain to Mexico, as we know, right? Uh, they bring that flavor with them, and yeah, it's still around to this day and a, a huge thing. Kind of cool. <laughs> it's weird to think about um, like the history of foods and like where things originated from and how long they've right. been around. 
just how like deeply ingrained in culture food is, you know, it's, it's way more than just some calories that you're going to burn for the day. There's, there's a whole lot of backstory to it. And I think that's kind of cool. And I think that's a, that's why I had a hard time finding the history of elote per se. Yeah. But the history of how corn got to America is pretty, pretty brief. <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't probably writing it down for history back then either sometimes. No, no. But that's interesting. Cool. Rich, how did the beer change over time on your stout there? So it got a little less peanut butter forward. As it warmed up, a little less peanut butter forward and more chocolate maybe. Oh, Nice. So kind of it, like it switched places, which is super interesting. Nice. So, uh, what's the untapped on that one? Untapped on. I was going to go through all three of them. So okay. I looked, up, uh, I looked up untapped on the on this one, which you've had. One friend has checked this in. You okay. This. Uh, Thirteen thousand check-ins. What do you think on this one? On Viva La Beaver. I think. Well, I know that their normal peanut butter stout is highly ranked. And that's for a lot of people, it's the number one peanut butter beer. Uh, I will say this one is going to be a little less than that, but it's going to be like 3.84. Uh, I, I don't know. This is going off of, I'm going to, I'm going to rate it off the can because I'm not trying it. So yeah, true. I like the, I like the, um, the puns. I like the, I like the picture there with the beaver. It's like a mariachi Sombrero. beaver. Is that what I see? Mariachi beaver. Mm -hmm. oh. yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to do a 3.4. Hmm. It, it is unfair because you didn't get to drink it. Uh, I, I would have gone real close to the actual rating, 4.14. Uh, I will do like a 4.25. 4. I think that's pretty good. Nice. I like on that can, I just noticed it when you had it up there real close, that he actually has burp bubbles coming from his mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the belching beaver. The beaver actually yeah. belches on the can itself. Uh, how about the Hey Zeus Melvin Brewing Lager? Well, first of all, he's ripped. This Zeus <laughs> is ripped on here, and he is also wearing a sombrero, mm -hmm. and he's holding his lightning bolt, and he's got kind of uh, like a almost like a bullfighter's pants on. Yeah. Um, and then there's an elephant in the background. There's the tail. And then over there's holding a cup because that's their logo. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's, I mean, Melvin makes good beer, but it's, this is something you could just drink all day long. Mm -hmm. Like a six pack of this would go down pretty easy. Um, I think I would say it's probably for me. Um, I will probably rank it like a three, seven, five. I think overall it's probably a three, eight, two. Dylan, what do you think for just a, a craft Mexican lager? Where do you think that lands? I think it'll be uh, pretty close to that. I would, I would say a 3.8, and I'm ba going based off of uh, what Brian read to us earlier. Mm -hmm. I especially like the end of that, that don't hate Bebamos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want a shirt that says that now. <laughs> I think they have <laughs> them on, in the store there. They had a pretty good selection of stuff. That's awesome. So 10,000 check-ins, Brian, you have ranked this one time before. This was uh, November 8th, 2017. You gave it a three and a half, which mm. is right on where it's at, 3.52. Yeah, that's yeah, about right where it's at. I've had a few beers since November 2017. Maybe, maybe a handful. You know? Yeah. But things also change. Tastes evolve. So finally, Dolan's Corona. Uh, I... And I'm surprised by this. You you have rated it one time. Uh-oh. Uh, I have? No, no. Brian has. Oh. oh <laughs> to be fair, you rated it in 2012. Holy. That was back when I was just rating anything I could drink. Yeah. And, and you gave it a three. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So. I'd stand four, by that. This might be the largest sample size that we've ever had before. Ever? 480,000. Oh, dang. Wow. Um, well, if I were rating it, I would just, I'd probably rate it like a 275. That's um, exactly what I was going to say, Dolan. 275 historical, but currently it's going to be like a 0.25 because of the coronavirus. <laughs> You you would be surprised. Uh, overall rating three point zero eight. Eh, 
Uh, most recently, this is this is really interesting. Most recently, three point one six. Wow. So ironic I, I, drinking. Yeah, I don't know if this is. I and you know I don't want to. I don't want to. You don't want to just you know by age group like summarize by age group or whatever. But like, are there is did a whole younger age group get introduced to Corona because of all of this? And now they're ranking it because of that. I don't know. Maybe. I, I think, um, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, for me, Corona was like everywhere, you know, growing up with the barbecues and stuff. And then for some reason, even my friends at, at the college parties and, you know, get togethers, like there was always the one guy or the two or three guys that showed up with a case of Corona. Um, I think a lot of those guys just unknowingly were like, I don't like Bud Light. I don't want Bush and I don't like, you know, Budweiser. So I'm just going to bring Corona. I'm not sure. And then of course there was the whole, like the meme, the Modelo time versus the Corona time stuff going on. So yeah, I don't know. Like my, the singer in my band is, is like a Corona fanatic. Like I'm pretty sure his veins are filled with Corona. He, that is his go-to beer. His claim is, is they come in the small bottles. And so he drinks less. Uh, I've seen him go through. <laughs> that math that. checks out. I think that math checks out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I was going through my closet the other day because uh, I was looking for a hat to wear. I have a few. And I was looking in this one container of toad I had stored and uh, opened it up. And right on the top was a Corona hat. So I have a Corona hat. That I think I purchased in the Excalibur gift shop in Las Vegas. They had a little convenience store in there. In one of the sections, they had the Corona like clothing section. And I'm pretty sure I bought it there for like $4 or something. But mm. I still have it. Might wear it, out. Uh, it sounds like you overpaid for that hat. <laughs> uh, it kept the sun off my head that day in Vegas. That's worth four bucks for sure. Okay. Right. When I was really little, I had a pair of uh, Corona swim trunks. <laughs> And uh, have Corona kids swimwear. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly didn't know that it was a beer. <laughs> um, there was like surfing and stuff like on the swim trunks, and then it had the oh, Corona yeah. logo or whatever. Yeah, it has like a surfboard for a while. I think on a lot of their stuff. Yeah, and so I just assumed it was a surfboard company. Hmm. Nice. And then you, you brought some in your lunchbox to school, and they're like. Oh, <laughs> It was it was Wyoming. Anything went there. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> they didn't have oceans there, so yeah. Who knew? Who knew? I remember yeah, when I was younger too, I, I would I wore a Budweiser baseball hat all the time. Like I just I got it for free at a car show that my dad was at. And then I was reminded of this just recently. So go back to my Bud Light Lime story. This is one of my one of my guilty pleasures is when it gets hot outside. I enjoy Bud Light Lime outside. Or mm-hmm. and when tan limes comes out from cross strain, I switch over to that. Yeah. But right now there's only Bud Light Lime. One of my my son's friends who's only 11 years old saw me drinking it and he said, "Oh, is that the new Bud Light seltzer?" Like he knew what that was and he's Oops. 11. Like, "No, <laughs> dummy, this is Bud Light Lime." Get out of here. Get out of here with that seltzer stuff. I was double embarrassed. One he thought it was seltzer, two he saw me drinking it. Oh boy. Double embarrassed. Oh well. Well, I mean I would mowed my lawn yesterday when it was nicer out. It was clouded, cloud cover, so it was nice to mow. And uh, my six pack of Corona turned into a three pack real quick. <laughs> You're like, I got to save at least one of these for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of seltzer, uh, in the next, in the coming weeks, in the next coming well, four weeks, we're going to go. It'll be May. And like last year, we did mainstream May. So mm-hmm. mainstream beers uh, and week four of mainstream beers will be seltzers. I kind of, yeah, I took some liberties, but it's, it's very, it's in this, it's in the ballpark. Okay. Yeah. I, I recently just purchased mine. Uh, I went with the same flavor across the board. Sadly, Corona makes a seltzer and I bought one of those. Oh, weird. Is it Corona seltzer or is it the Corona refrescas? No, it was a Corona seltzer. Mm. And so I went, I went with the same flavor, three different kinds of mainstream kind of seltzers, but we're going to do three other mainstream beers. 
I am not looking forward to any of these at all. Well, okay, that's not true. Week one, I drink a lot of what we do next week. Uh, we'll, I, we'll go ahead and just we'll, we'll go ahead and reveal it now. Yeah. Yingling for anybody. Oh, Yingling, yeah. West of west of the Mississippi, east, yeah. East of well, east. we can't get it west. Right. Yeah. yeah. East of the Mississippi. How I got some? Mm, we got some connections. Yeah. I know that oh. can, I have some of those connections too. There we go. Uh, otherwise than the other two beers, I'm not looking forward to. Brian says have an open mind. I will have an yeah. open mind. Yep. I guess. I, see, yeah, for me, I've never been a fan of the green bottle. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. We're going to talk through it too. So luckily what he got for us was a green can. So we don't have to drink through the that can. That was on purpose too, by the way. <laughs> okay, good. Good. All right, so hopefully, uh, hopefully this has worked out. Let's see how this sounds when uh, when Dolan finishes his uh, his magic editing with, with forgot uh, he forgot to slurp. That's true. Oh. Add that. You better add that in somewhere, uh -oh. bro. Put that in there. Was that quiet? Which, I was a little bit, but I heard it. Which I heard sounds more like a bong hit. I, I assure you that Dolan is not smoking weed. Wow, we record this. This is James slipping here. Oh yeah, yeah. I promise. Not a bong hit. So not a bong hit. All right, fellas. It was my first uh, beer bong hit, though. Oh, oh, good tie back. Nice. <laughs> there we are. All right, boys. We're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.